0: Good morning everyone. Great joy to be with you here this morning. When I was uh, a kid, maybe in first grade or second grade, uh, I didn't have very good morals. Um, But my brother and I used to go down to the pool. We would bike to the pool every uh, day during the summer our local pool. We would uh, bike from home maybe, I don't know, two, three, four miles, whatever it was. And of course when you go to the pool, right, you, you get really hungry, especially for something salty. And so we would go to the vending machines, we would look for, you know, some pretzels or for some chips or something like that. But of course we were young, so we had no money. Uh, so we would go to the front desk and we say we would say, the vending machine ate my money, right? <laughs> And they believe you maybe the first time, because you're an innocent kid, and a kid would never lie, right? And then pretty soon, my mom gets a call, and she asks us, why do you keep telling the front desk the vending machines eating your money? So, of course, my brother and I got in trouble for that. Uh, But then, we thought it was a good idea. Furthermore, uh, my parents used to have those uh, rolls of quarters in their room, Right, So, uh, remember those things, you would stick the, the quarters into that roll and then together they would make uh, $10 and then you would go and take that you know, to the bank. Well, my brother and I started to take those quarters and then we would go to the vending machines and we would have a nice, delicious snack, uh, but eventually dishonesty always catches up to you. Uh, our parents, you know, one day they were like, where are all our quarters going, right? So, I hope you're not scandalized (laughs) your priests are not perfect so uh, in, in fact you can ask my parents how truly perfect or imperfect I am right our gospel today I think gives us a certain shock value to it at first glance you read this story you read the gospel and you think Jesus what are you asking us to do what does this gospel mean the parable of the dishonest steward. And it seems like Jesus is saying, right, steal from your boss. Steal from your boss. Steal from your master. Jesus, what are you trying to tell us here? Right, there's moments in the gospel that we read and we have to say, Jesus, what are you trying to tell us here? What does this parable mean? We wrestle with scripture. And it's just very important to remember when we read scripture, we interpret it through other scripture passages, scripture, scripture interprets itself. And secondly, there's a tradition in which we interpret and understand scripture. We can't interpret or understand scripture apart from that. So what is Jesus trying to tell us today? Before I get into that, the main theme I want to preach about today is about poverty. Our readings are all about being poor, and specifically, that our hearts would be poor. So today, I don't want to preach about material poverty. Uh, That's maybe for a different day, although you should give all your money to the church. What I want to preach about today, though, instead of material poverty, is what's called ontological poverty. Ontological poverty, ontological means our own being, our own very self, who we are. We are ontologically poor because we don't create ourselves. You see, we are utterly dependent upon God. We are ontologically poor. I cannot exist without God. At the moment of your conception, your parents as co-creators with God. At the moment of your conception, God infuses... A rational soul within you. God creates us. Without him I could not exist. Without him we are nothing. We are ontologically poor. We are utterly dependent upon him. This is why Jesus all over the gospel says, unless you acquire the heart of a child, unless you are like, unless you become like little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Think of your child who just begs you for what he needs. Food, a diaper change, whatever it is. That's how we're called to be to God. Utterly dependent on him. God, without you, I can do nothing. Ontological poverty. Oftentimes in life, we don't recognize our dependence. Especially uh, one of our great traits in America is we want to be independent. We want to be set free from uh, the, the people around us. Not only are we dependent on God, but we're dependent on other people. We exist in a community. We exist in a church. The faith is impossible to be lived on our own. We need community. We need people around us. And so in our poverty, may we discover that dependence that we have on God and on others. One of the challenges in life, right, is when someone hurts you, when someone hurts me, when we get offended by someone, we tend to push people away. You've hurt me, I no longer want you in my life because I'm wounded. And when we push people away, we fail to recognize that we are actually a communion of people. And so, brothers and sisters, the invitation that I have for us today is to be able to forgive people in a way that brings back and restores communion within our hearts. Because without others, we cannot exist. We are utterly dependent upon others and ultimately upon God. When we hurt someone, we have a debt to repay them. You see, in the New Testament, St. Paul talks about debt as the primary analogy for our own sinfulness. We have a debt towards God because we are sinners. And only God can forgive that impossible debt that we owe to Him or that we have to Him. And this is exactly what the parable is about today. Maybe one last thing before I get into the parable, though. In the Our Father, every day when we pray the Our Father, what do we say? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The word, the Greek word there for trespass is actually debt. Ophelomata. Forgive us our debts as we are in debt to other people. We are in debt to other people. We desire to forgive them so as to to, to restore that bond between us. Above all, though, our sin leaves us in an impossible debt that we cannot repay to God. So we come to our gospel for today. What is Jesus trying to tell us? Is he telling us, right, steal from your boss? So what's going on, right? We have a master and we have his debtors. And whenever a master has debtors in this time, he would hire someone, a steward, to go and collect those debts. And so this steward, he's paid based on how much money he collects from the debtors. And the master says, you've been dishonest with this. You haven't collected the proper amount of money. You're keeping more for yourself than you should be. I no longer want you to be my steward. And he doesn't want that because he knows if he loses his job, he won't be welcomed in the homes of others. He'll be a poor beggar on the streets. And so he says, I know what I shall do. I'll go back to those debtors and I'll forgive a certain debt. Now here's what's really, really important about this parable. This is the the key for understanding this the steward would have a certain commission that he would collect from that debt. And so when that debtor says, I owe 100 jugs of oil, and the steward says, uh, write one for the 50, the debt that he's forgiving is what's due to himself. He's not stealing from his master. But he says, I don't need this money, so I won't collect it. He's foregoing what is actually due to himself. And therefore, he's forgiving a part of this this, uh, debt of this poor person so that they can be restored to the master's house. God, when we ask for forgiveness, may you restore us so that we can go into your house. God is the true master. And Jesus was sent to forgive us of our debts so that we can enter into the glory of the master's house. So I think the two invitations today, brothers and sisters, are first and foremost, we're called to recognize our ontological poverty. That God, without you, I am nothing. Without you, I cannot exist. And the second thing... Is help us, Lord, to love the poor. We're called to love the poor. Our first reading today from Amos speaks about this, right? So, Amos, what's going on with Amos? Amos is preaching to the northern kingdom, right? So, we have a divided kingdom in Israel right now. We have uh, the north and the south. And in the north, there was a very corrupt king, Jeroboam II. In Jeroboam, you see, he was raising taxes and collecting money for himself at high rates. He also set up two idols, two golden calves, in his kingdom. And so Amos starts preaching: idol worship and uh, an overexcessive love of money leads to a neglect of the poor. And so Amos says, if you want to be holy, if you want to come to know the Lord, we're called to return to love the poor, to not collect wealth for ourselves, but to give it back to the poor. And so today we hear about a vision that he has, a vision in which God will come and cast judgment upon Israel for their lack of attentiveness to the widow, to the poor, to the orphan. Hear this, you who trample upon the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end. the Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. God remembers the way that we treat others. God remembers the way that we treat the poor, both in good and in bad. But the beautiful thing is, Amos goes on to prophesy about how God will restore the land and restore the fortunes and even those misfortunes that were lost to the Israelites I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them but the way in which God will do that is if we love the poor this gospel is alluded to in the marriage rite. At the very end of, of a wedding, there's three blessings that the priest prays over the couple. And the third one has exactly to do with this gospel, that we might love the poor. So the first two. May God, the Eternal Father, keep you of one heart in love for one another, that the peace of Christ may dwell in you and abide always in your home. Right, so at a wedding, right, I'm standing here, the couple is here, and they look at each other, and they smile, they say, okay, we can be one mind and one heart, right? Second blessing, may you be blessed in your children, have solace in your friends, and enjoy true peace with everyone. Again, the joy of being married on the wedding day, having this blessing. But here's the third blessing that's often overlooked. May you be witnesses in the world to God's charity, so that the afflicted and needy who have known your kindness may one day receive you thankfully into the eternal dwelling of God. May you love the poor, the needy, the afflicted, because one day they will welcome you into the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew says, whatever you did for me, whatever you did for the least of my brethren, you did for me. When you go to that street corner and you see someone begging, you just offer to pray with them. You offer them some food. They will be the ones that welcome us into heaven when you get lunch with a friend who's been down on his luck who maybe hasn't had a job for five years and you buy them lunch and be with them in their suffering in their sorrow and their affliction he will be the one who welcomes us into the joys of heaven forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt to us That steward had to forgive those debts in order to be welcomed back into the master's house. May we forgive the debts of the poor. May we choose to love the poor so that we may also be welcomed back into the master's house. So Jesus, we turn to you today. Help us to recognize our poverty. Help us to recognize that without you, we are nothing. And through this, help us to be able to love those around us, especially the poor.